Hey there, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, thrilled to be with you guys today. And it is, of course, an action-packed day. We are the day before the midterm election, so naturally somebody has to go and leak to Jeremy Alford at Law Politics Weekly that Jeff Landry is getting the state GOP endorsement. I want to start on that one, actually, rather than go to the midterm stuff. We'll take the second half of the show to talk about the midterm stuff, predictions, and of course, I do have to talk about Donald Trump again in the second half of the show, but we will get there later uh, lots of commentary out there on Donald Trump, uh, his comments about Ron DeSantis over the weekend, and of course the rumor that he's going to be announcing his bid for presidency tonight. I don't think that's happening. Uh, there are some sources out there that are saying, no, he's sticking to his November 14th timeline. There's nothing strategic in it for him, but but we'll get to that in a little bit. Right now, I want to talk actually about Louisiana. Apparently, it's already 2023. Never mind that the midterm elections are tomorrow. We're going to be talking about 2023 right now because the Louisiana State GOP apparently voted over the weekend to give the party's endorsement to Jeff Landry for governor. Now, there's two aspects to this. The first is, well, what does this actually mean for the governor's race? And the second aspect to this is, why did it leak? Because this story didn't come from a press release from the state GOP, and I actually want to start there. This didn't come from the state GOP. This this news was not a press release that was sent out. Louis Garvich did not come out and say this. This was not sent to Scott McKay at the Hayride or the news organizations elsewhere. It wasn't sent to Moon Graffon. This was leaked to Jeremy Alford, the political insider for the state of Louisiana. Nothing against Alford. He's a great guy. I'm just saying, if you want to get inside information out there, you give it to Jeremy Alford at Politics Weekly. That's just what you do. Who leaked it? Was it somebody that was pro-Landry or somebody that was anti-Landry? Given how many statements are out there that are in the negative right now, it seems like this was pretty much an anti-Jeff Landry move to, to leak this out there. But there are a lot of there's a lot of commentary out there now that is totally against it. You had uh, a caller from uh, I, uh, to Moon Show this morning. I think it was somebody from the, the Rapids Republican Party uh, saying that this was a bad thing. Uh, you have Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser with a fairly prepared statement in response to Jeremy Alford's tweet this morning uh, saying there is nothing more conservative, more uh, nothing more L.A. GOP than competition. This endorsement process looks more like communist China than the Louisiana we know and love. Some think this is a coronation. Real Republicans will make sure we have an election, not a monarchy. Sharon Hewitt, who was also kind of whispered in the background to be looking at a run for governor, tweeted out this morning, uh, the citizens of Louisiana do not need uh, do not need backroom deals and political insiders telling them who should be our next governor. They are fully capable of deciding this themselves. There's a lot to unpack here. And we need to do a little bit of that unpacking. Right now, the state GOP is in a bit of turmoil. 
twice now, as, as Moon so accurately puts it, a Democrat has backed into, has lucked into the governor's mansion twice now. John Bill Edwards won election and then re-election from a combination of bad candidates and bad management from the state GOP. And twice now, Louisiana has suffered for it. So here we are with the Louisiana State GOP kind of getting its act together, kind of saying, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to go ahead and make an early endorsement. We need to narrow the field as much as possible. Jeff Landry comes out with a very early announcement, his bid for governor. He puts a little bit of that on himself. He says, I'm not running for governor. We're running for governor. He's essentially trying to say, hey, if you're not, you know, if you're running against me, you're essentially saying that you're against the rest of us. Shrewd, but smart. Then there were reports a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, Jeremy Alford reporting once again that there was maneuvering by the Jeff Landry team to try to get the state GOP to endorse. Again, shrewd, but not the worst idea. You want a unified state GOP. And so they were working toward it. And it appears the state GOP was on board with it, decided to get an endorsement going. So over the weekend, they make that vote. But nobody voted for that to become public. That should, that, that's something that needs to be noted here. Nobody voted for that endorsement to become public. Nobody voted for a statement to be written up and sent out. They just voted on who they would give the endorsement to. And so now you have an upset Billy Nungesser, you have an upset uh, John Schroeder, you have an upset Sharon Hewitt. Uh, in his special report today from La Politics Weekly, Jeremy Alford listed a bunch of, of, of State Central's committee members like Michael uh, DeResto of Baton Rouge, who criticized the move. Uh, you have lots of folks who are irritated because it looks like the party is trying to pick favorites. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. The Louisiana State Republican Party is at a bit of an impasse right now. They have lost in a deep red state the governor's mansion twice because the party has not been able to handle its candidates. The party was not able to get to convince Jay Darden, hey, don't go support the Democrat. And they weren't able to convince Scott Angel to jump aboard and say, hey, we need active endorsements. We need campaigning for David Vitter. And then four years later, they weren't able to keep Eddie Responi from running attack ads against Ralph Abraham, dropping a ton of his own money in there, blowing his money attacking Ralph Abraham and alienating Ralph Abraham's entire family and friends and everybody in that district. So the state GOP is at an impasse. And so they are trying to figure out the best way to consolidate Republicans. The state party actually, I think, made the right move here. Jeff Landry is the second most popular Republican in the state. If you take John Kennedy out of the equation, Jeff Landry is the most popular elected Republican in the state. By far. There is no other elected Republican in the state who has near the popularity among the Republican base that Jeff Landry does. So the right thing for the party to do would be to consolidate the party behind him. 
the problem is they did it so early and somebody leaked it that now they've risked the ire of every Republican official in the state by saying, hey, the party is working to pick favorites rather than letting the people choose. Now, as far as Billy Nungesser goes, comparing this to communist China, which is what he did in a tweet. He said the the endorsement process looks more like communist China than Louisiana. That's ridiculous. See, Billy Nungesser's mad. I'll just say this right now. Billy Nungesser's mad because he decided to tease that he was going to announce later. And he missed his opportunity. Because now if he decides to run, he's running against not only Jeff Landry, but the state Republican Party. So Billy Nungesser had his moment where he could have made his announcement and it would have been just fine. And the state Republican Party probably would not have had this vote so soon had any other Republican declared. But Nungesser asked frequently, said, We're go- I'm announcing that I'm going to announce it. But he never gave an official I'm going to run. And so here is the state party stuck with that. The state party is now stuck in a place where they've made this endorsement and other potential Republican candidates are furious. Meanwhile, there's still no Democratic candidate. They're talking about Sean Wilson, the state transportation secretary, but nobody official has announced. So as of right now, the Republican Party, wonder of wonders, has its act relatively together in terms of having a candidate ready to go, although other candidates will still jump in, and the Democrats have nothing. But if this if this early endorsement, if this process alienates a bunch of Republicans and causes them to jump in even more readily and attack Jeff Landry because of it, well, now we've got another issue of the, of the Republican Party snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we've got more on this, plus your calls. We've already got some calls coming in. Y'all hold on. We will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's jump to the phone lines now. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking to? Is it me? Yes, it is. Uh, I've just got something to say and then I'm going to hang up. All right. All the people say, saying that uh, what the uh, Republicans uh, did with Jeff Landry... Well, I got one, a uh, couple of things to say to him. Yeah. Stop crying, crying, and let's go to a close primary then. If they, they were so wrong with doing what they're doing, let's go uh, to close primary. And if your ideas are so good, let's hear them and, and uh, win the people's vote. Thank you very much. That's all I got to see. Thank you very much for the call. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Louisiana, I think, does at this point need to jump over to a closed primary system. You know, Moon was talking about that a lot this morning. And he makes a lot of great points. And I think one of the big things here is that both parties are really not interested or politicians in both parties. Rather, let me say that politicians in both parties are not interested in a closed primary system because it actually hurts their chances. A closed primary system uh, makes it a lot more difficult for a Democrat to get into a runoff in a statewide race in Louisiana. Because in an open primary system where this jungle primary system, we've got everybody's on the ballot. The Republican vote can be split. And so that hurts the Republicans and the Democrats really like that. And there are certain Republicans who don't stand a snowball's chance 
unless they're on a ballot with everybody and everybody else splitting the vote and weakening the, the you know typical favorite or may, or if it's an open seat where everybody kind of is where everybody's kind of on the on a level playing field it makes it easier to win with a plurality rather than a majority and that's what a lot of people want a lot of people really just want to have that plurality and so they say they have this mandate from the voters but the majority of voters could have voted against them they just get in because they got more voters than anybody else and so that's kind of where we're stuck at here. But yeah, a closed primary system would fix a lot of this. But a lot of the issue is still, even if you have that, is this too early? We're not even through the, the, 2020, uh, the 2022 midterms yet. And the Louisiana State GOP is already making an endorsement, already preparing for an endorsement of Jeff Landry. Is that too soon? I think is a lot of the criticism. I'm not so sure. I still think it's the right move to go ahead and get your ducks in a row early. But we'll see. Let's go to the phone lines again. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I speaking with? Hey, we going, people. How are you, sir? All right. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to tell you like it is. Uh, let me see. Obama won. And then, uh, I take it back. I take it back. Uh, yeah, Obama won. John Bell Edward won. Uh... Biden won, and it's going to be another big blue wave again. You sure? Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for the call. Although I'm, I don't think that's the case here. I don't think this is the case of a blue wave. Statistically, I mean, in Louisiana, not the case at all. Uh, you know, if you go back and you look at the numbers, you look at the statistics in in twenty. Uh, 15 and 2019, clearly what happened there was a split Republican vote and, and a lot of Republican disunity that got John Bell Edwards in. Joe Biden won and Barack Obama won, but that wasn't with Louisiana's help. Kind of a very weird thing to say. And if you're talking about the national stuff, we're going to get to that in the second half of the show, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm more curious about the statewide stuff right now. Because let's, let's go back, let's think about all the names that we've heard that are looking at running. Jeff Landry, John Schroeder, Billy Nungesser. Those are the three big names in the Republican Party. There's rumors about, or the, I don't want to say rumors, there's a group out there that seems to be actively pushing for Garrett Graves to run. I'm not sure that Garrett Graves himself wants to run. But there's a group out there actively campaigning for him to run, basically. A super PAC running ads for him. Uh, there's people behind the scenes really pushing for it. I'm not sure what Graves himself wants to do about it. Bill Cassidy has been telling people close to him forever that he wants to run. I don't see uh, where Bill Cassidy has a chance of winning. There's no data out there that suggests he would win. So those two Republicans, I'm not sure. Sharon Hewitt, I'm not sure what statewide appeal Sharon Hewitt honestly would have in this case. You know, you're going to be going up against Jeff Landry. He is, like I said, you take John Kennedy out of the equation. Jeff Landry is the most popular Republican elected statewide in Louisiana. And even if you have John Kennedy in there, John Kennedy is not running. John Kennedy is not going to run for governor. Certainly not now. Certainly not with Landry having declared and with the state GOP already lined up there. You can bet the Louisiana state GOP was not going to make this endorsement if there was any remote chance of John Kennedy hopping in. But Bill Cassidy knows that he's got a cush lobbyist job 
in Washington, D.C. He doesn't need to run for governor and ruin that. What would running for governor get him? A loss on his record? That's about it. And then look at the Democratic side on all this. Luke Mixon. Luke Mixon has all the charisma of... I don't, I don't even know what, I don't know anything comparable to the amount of charisma Luke Mixon has, which is zero. There is no charisma out there. He is getting generic Democrat vote. That is it. If you, if you get polled and you say, Hey, on a generic congressional ballot, are you more likely to vote Republican or Democrat? And you say Democrat, you are thinking of Luke Mixon in your head. He is a generic Democrat. Gary Chambers, Gary Chambers had all the momentum. He had all the charisma. He had money and he blew it hasn't been able to run an effective statewide campaign. Sean Wilson might be the most interesting one as far as statewide Democrats go. He is the state transportation secretary, but there's been no movement to get anything officially rolling with him. Very, very interesting look going into 2023. But in the meantime, the midterm election is tomorrow. Let's talk about everything going on there. My predictions, what's going on. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, thrilled, absolutely thrilled to continue to be here with you guys today. Lots to talk about as far as the midterms go. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction here. The Democrats are going to lose the House. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. We, we, we know that's going to happen. There, there's very little data to suggest that the Democrats come anywhere close to keeping it. There's no counter blue wave. There's nothing into the data to suggest it. If there is, there is a fu- even bigger problem with the polls than we initially figured. But the Senate. I don't think 53 is impossible. I'm willing to even say 53 I am. I'm willing to say 53. I think 52 is more likely. 54 is a long shot, and that means, 54 just means an ab- we're beyond wave or tsunami territory. That's where we're at. We're, we're, we're well beyond anything anybody could have predicted. Anybody who says they predicted 54 seats is lying. Because deep down, they were on something. Because there's nothing to actively suggest 54 seats. There's nothing out there that suggests that the Democratic Party is so far gone they're actually going to lose New Hampshire or Washington. If that is the case, though, if they lose New Hampshire, New Hampshire far more likely than Washington, if they lose New Hampshire, the Democrats need to run off into the mountains and never be heard from again. The Democratic Party will have lost. Now, why is the Democratic Party losing? Well, in their latest poll that came at the end of October, the Wall Street Journal had a poll that they put out. Now, I talked a little bit about this, but the the Wall Street Journal wrote another piece looking at even more data from this poll. Let me read this excerpt from the Wall Street Journal to you because this is big. About 17% of black voters said they would pick a Republican candidate for Congress over a Democrat in journal polls both in late October and in August. That is substantially larger 
than the 8% of black voters who voted for President Donald Trump in 2020 and the 8% who backed GOP candidates in 2018 House races. As recorded by AP VoteCast, a large survey of voters who participated in those elections. Among Latino voters, Democrats held a lead of five percentage points over Republicans in the choice of congressional candidate in the Journal's October survey, a narrower advantage than the Democrats' 11-point lead in August. Both findings suggest a deterioration in Democratic support as Latino voters show high degrees of concern about inflation and the direction of the economy. Latino voters in 2020 favored President uh, President Biden over Trump by 28 percentage points and Democratic candidates in 2018 House races by 31 points. If Hispanic voters are trending more toward the GOP, And the Republicans have more than doubled their black support. The Democrats are on the verge of near extinction in some places. Because those are two demographic groups that the Democrats have long relied on and long have just assumed they would always have those votes. Things are worse on the Hispanic voter front when you consider that there is really no such thing as a Hispanic voter. You have Hispanic voters in Florida that are largely Cuban and Venezuelan. They lean Republican. And in fact, the Republican advantage among Hispanic voters seems to be huge in Florida. Ron DeSantis is going to win tomorrow night by double digits and is going to be largely thanks to Hispanic voters in Florida. Mexican voters, Mexican-American voters tend to lean more toward the Democratic Party. But even they, those whose families came here legally, those who went through the system and those who look at the border and say, this reflects poorly on us. This is not how we got here. And this makes the rest of us look bad. Those voters are now trending toward the Republican Party. And in Nevada, you're about to see a flip in the Senate and the governor's race there because of that. Now, on the Senate side of that, John Ralston, who is somebody who does predict Fairly accurately, the election results out of Nevada is saying Adam Laxalt is not going to win. Catherine Cortez Masto will win. I'm not so sure. And there are some people who look at this and have looked at what Ralston has done and said in the past and have noted that he has a very anti-Laxalt bias. And the numbers still suggest a Laxalt win. But Sheriff Joe Lombardo, who is running against the current governor there, Steve Sizlak, is going to win. That's that that appears to be the most given aspect of that. In Arizona, Hispanic voters are very mad about the border situation. It looks like they're going to go with Kari Lake. And as a result, the crossover, I mean, the carryover vote alone is going to help uh, Blake Masters against Mark Kelly. So you have two flips right there in Georgia an utter collapse by Stacey Abrams actually looks like it might hurt. Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock has not really been able to reclaim the ground that he's lost to Herschel Walker. Now, Herschel Walker is a flawed candidate. And Herschel Walker may be dragged into a runoff here. But right now, there's a lot of people inside Georgia, a lot of professionals who have been looking at this for a long time. And they think that Herschel Walker is going to get out of there with the Senate win and without a runoff. The most likely scenario right now seems to be a December runoff between the two. 
there's a lot of folks right now who think that Herschel Walker gets that 50% plus one and doesn't go into a runoff. That's three seats flipped. So that leaves Pennsylvania. And this is why I'm saying 53 is less likely than 52, because I'm still not sure about Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has the longest early vote time of any state out there, I think. It's a very long one. It's much longer than most others. And it very, that early vote leans very, very Democratic. Now, in 2016, Donald Trump was able to split union households by about 50%, like 50% one way, 50% the other. Winning 50% of labor households helped Donald Trump win Pennsylvania. That, that broke the blue wall in the Midwest. Those blue-collar workers sided with somebody who was not guaranteed to continue hurting the industries and the factories that they worked in. Mehmet Oz doesn't seem to have that kind of luck, but John Fetterman's been a terrible candidate, and the debate in particular showed that that stroke did a lot more damage than people thought. He was not able, really, to stand up and debate. He was not able to really function very well on that debate stage. And I don't care what, you know, some people say, oh, well, when you're in the Senate, you just vote yes or no. That's really all you do. Well, no, it's the world's most deliberative body. There is a special class of rejecting votes called filibustering that was invented for the Senate. And yes, we don't do the classical filibustering anymore, but the entire point about it is they debate so much that, that their debates can shut down a vote forever. And if he can't do that job, John Fetterman's not going to be the guy who gets all the votes. We'll see. It depends on Election Day turnout in Pennsylvania. So that's why I'm saying 53 is possible, but I don't think it's as guaranteed as 52. I think you flip those three C's, but I think the Republicans may lose Pennsylvania just because Mehmet Oz, frankly, wasn't that great a candidate. And to be honest, Blake Masters wasn't that great a candidate, but Blake Masters has the benefit of Kari Lake running so well in Arizona that she's actually going to be giving him a lot of crossover vote. I think the same will happen in Georgia, to be honest. I think Brian Kemp is so strong that even with high crossover vote percentages like you see in Georgia... Brian Kemp will actually help bring voters to uh, Herschel Walker, and that will drag him across the line without the runoff. And of course, the House is the House. That I mean, that's it's always been guaranteed to go to the Republicans, even with I mean, just just by redistricting alone, even before all the other stuff, it's always looked like it will go to the Republicans. Uh, the Real Clear Politics final projection is 227 seats for the Republicans, 174 for the Democrats, and 34 still as a toss-up. So even if the, the Democrats win all of those toss-ups, they don't have the majority. You just can't get there. But Donald Trump. Donald Trump opened his mouth over the weekend. Donald Trump alienated a lot of people who are pro-Trump over the weekend with his attacks on Ron DeSantis. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that story and about the rumors for tonight. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Your calls right here, 232-1542. We'll be back in just a moment on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation would be glad to chat with y'all here today. Let me just give you some of the headlines. 
top Democrats warn party is seen as extreme. That comes from Axios. Democrats should be worried about the youth vote, Bloomberg. I've been saying that for however many months. Longer than I've had the show, I've been on the station saying the Democrats foolishly keep thinking the youth vote's going to save them. Anyway, Democrats should be worried about the youth vote, Bloomberg. Pollsters have no effing idea what's going to happen this election from the Daily Beast. The Democrats are in trouble. Let's just just this Axios story, for example. Third way, a center-left think tank backed by some of the biggest names in the Democratic political circles sounding the alarm about deep-seated party flaws based on its own new polling from Senate battlegrounds. If Democrats manage to hold on to the House and Senate, it will be in spite of the party brand, not because of it, Third Way writes in a memo synthesizing its conclusions. Despite a roster of GOP candidates who are extreme by any standard, voters see Democrats as just as extreme, as well as far less concerned about the issues that worry them. I've been saying that. I've been telling y'all that. The Democratic Party has been out of touch. They have focused on issues that do not matter to the voters. The voters, frankly, do not care near as much about the so-called threat to democracy as they care about what's going on to their bank accounts through inflation, through the economy, supply chain issues, gas prices, all of that. The Democrats have been terrified of that. They've been terrified of talking about it because talking about it is essentially an admission that they've messed up because it's been a problem since they came in. They promised to make it better and it's only gotten worse. They passed this Inflation Reduction Act. All it did was push through the Green New Deal. From CNBC, European Union says it has serious concerns about Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. The European Union has concerns. The sweeping tax, health, and climate bill was approved by U.S. lawmakers in August. But the European Union has serious concerns. European officials have acknowledged the green ambitions associated with the package, but they are worried that the way to, that the financial incentives under the act are designed will hurt. Speaking in Brussels, the EU's trade chief said, we have established a task force to deal with these issues. We are currently concentrating on finding a a negotiated solution. So all of those ideas that the Democrats threw into this, the European Union says, I'm not so sure. All of these things are adding up and they hurt the Democratic Party. And so what does Donald Trump do at a rally over the weekend? He attacks Ron DeSantis. The leader of the Republican Party attacks the most popular elected Republican currently in the United States. Ron DeSantis has a huge, huge base of support in the Republican Party, both from pro-Trump voters and anti-Trump voters or Trump skeptical voters. Ron DeSantis is incredibly popular among the Republican base. Donald Trump calls him Ron DeSanctimonious. Donald Trump attacks Ron DeSantis' COVID policies, the very thing that put DeSantis on the map as a fighter. Donald Trump attacked. Now, he walked it back the next day. He did this Saturday night. Sunday, he kind of walked it back, encouraged people to go vote for Ron DeSantis. 
But there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are very vocally in support of Trump. I've watched them over the weekend. And they all ask the same question. WTF. You'll need to look that up on your own if you need me to tell you what those letters mean. I'm sorry, I cannot say it on the radio. Everyone was confused. Why would he take that? He was talking about a poll, a poll that showed who the favorite for president in 2024 is. Donald Trump was promoting himself. He was attacking everybody else. He was in Florida at a rally and attacked Ron DeSantis. It was a big screw up. So the next day, Donald Trump came out and said, hey, y'all go vote for Ron DeSantis. Now, along with that, there's a rumor out there and the media is salivating over the, the media. The media has priapism over this. That Donald Trump is going to announce that he's running for president tonight at a rally for J.D. Vance in Ohio. I'm not so sure about that. I don't think he does. There are a lot of reliable sources out there saying that, that Trump is going to keep his November 14th deadline. I'm still not convinced on that one either, but still. Donald Trump has no reason to declare tonight. If he does, that is a huge tactical mistake. The day before the midterm election, you do not make it about yourself when every person that you've backed is winning. And they're winning because of the issues of crime, economy, education, etc., You do not make it about yourself. You are one person who's not even on the ballot. You do not make a midterm election about yourself. But if he does, he will hurt those swing states. Ron DeSantis is not going to be hurt by Trump's comments. Don't get me wrong here. Ron DeSantis is still going to win by double digits. But there are swing states where independent voters, not having heard Trump's name for a good long while, are focused on those key kitchen table issues. They are focused on crime. They are focused on economy. They are focused on inflation. They are focused on education. And to give people a reason to remember that this does in some way have something to do with Donald Trump is an own goal. Will it swing election results the other way? I'm not sure, but that's a risk you don't take. That is a tactical risk you do not take at this point. But he is, allegedly. I, again, I don't think he does. I, I really think that somebody in his camp probably leaked this to someone in the media so that everyone in the media would be watching this rally tonight. So they would see Donald Trump on stage with J.D. Vance. So that going into tomorrow, everybody remembers that J.D. Vance wins because of Donald Trump and not, as everybody kind of suspects, because of Mitch McConnell, who threw a bunch of money into that race. Donald Trump's trying to win influence, not trying to win a presidential election out of this. But we'll see. All right, 23 hours until the next Joe Cunningham Show. You guys have a fantastic afternoon. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check me out on Substack. Get my daily show notes, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. Shannon is all sides next right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.